We are the same, though you'd never admit it. Just as you long to become the hero of justice, I long to be an all-powerful devil. That's uh, that's from our old boy, uh, All for One. And we're going to talk about him and everything that he's capable of this week on Shonen and Suds as we cover Season 3, Part 1 of My Hero Academia. (gasps) Cody! (laughs) How are you, man? I am good, man. I think that one might have that might have picked up off my mic even. <laughs> it might have blown the speakers, <laughs> like the beginning of Back to the Future. That's right. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm doing good, man. How are you? Uh, I can't complain, man. You know, sun shining, birds chirping. I'm back on that work from home life. Things are good. Love that. Love that. Yeah, I'm back on the work from work life. Unfortunately. Oh no, not the work from the job site life. Yeah, man. It's... But we're back to back to some normalcy. I can't. I have been lounging for the last two weeks, and uh, it's it's nice to finally have like some some sort of set schedule again. Oh, I'm sure. I'll bet. I'll bet. And as always, Cody, we are on our set schedule. And of course, you know we are here back for Shonen and Suds. I'm Chris Adams, and I'm Cody Snodgrass. And like we said at the top of this, man, we are getting into season three of My Hero Academia. And uh, honestly, Cody, this this first half of what we watched is. Some of my favorite stuff in the show, like I'm real big on, I mean, obviously we're talking about superheroes here, man. Like I love watching heroes fight villains. I love when we have a clear cut, like villain. Here we are. We, we, the, all, all the, all the pieces are on the board and now we're just going to go at it. And they, they tell a really nice story in between all of this too. Oh yeah, absolutely. This, this first half is very action packed. Probably some of the best fight scenes there mm-hmm. are in the entire show. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely some some moments where I even got a little misty eyed. Like I don't know what. Oh, dude! I don't even know what it is about this show, but sometimes it, on an emotional level, it'll just get to you. Dude, oh, absolutely! Like th- this show is able to uh, to just elicit an emotional response out of me that not a lot of shows are. Like I was watching, like I actually watched the last one today, episode fifty, um, and like when All Might's like on his knees, like like asking like his mom for like forgiveness it was like fuck man then when he's like reading the letter that coda wrote to him it's like god damn it man like there's just some real real powerful stuff in this show and i love how and you know say what you want i know you know you got your purists out there that are like subtitles are better but like i think these english voice actors do a great job of like conveying that emotion because I mean, that's hard to do for the most part, you know. I, I mean, I, I guess that's what separates a good voice actor from a mediocre voice actor, right? Like being able to really just convey and get that emotion across the screen and how they're saying it. But, you know, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, I, I definitely 100% like the dub better than the sub on this. Uh, even mm. like watching these newer episodes, I'm just like, I, I kind of just want to wait for the dub, honestly. <laughs> yeah, which, uh, which should be... I think one of the episodes has a dub if you go to Funimation. Yep. Um, but Hulu just seems like the place to watch my hero. Dude, exactly, because I can also watch it. Like, I'm I'm an early bird, Cody. I'm typically up 5 30, 6 o'clock every morning, even on weekends. And I'll get up at 5 30. I will cut on my uh, you know, my PlayStation, go to Hulu, and the new episode is right there waiting for me. 
And it's like, cool, I'm going to start this day off right. And that, like, that is my, that is my Saturday, that was my Saturday routine at the start of pandemic. And that is now my Saturday routine. Now get up, watch my hero academia, make a pot of coffee, watch the episode, shit my brains out for 20 minutes and then get on with the rest of my day. (laughs) Yeah. And like, speaking of like, you mentioned your PlayStation, like, I don't know Mm -hmm. if you have Funimation, but the Funimation app on the PlayStation is probably the worst streaming service app of all time. Oh, that's rough. I mean, yeah, no, gotta, I don't use Funimation. You gotta click into episodes multiple times, and then it'll keep telling you you're not a premium member, and you're like, but I am. Um, I, like, <laughs> what, I literally you don't like, know me. Yeah, I have like a routine. I have to like start the app, reset my PlayStation, and then like try again. <laughs> <laughs> and like, even with all that, it still messes up all the time. So that's Ooh. funny you say that. That is literally the routine for Amazon Prime on my Xbox. Okay, well. At least I'm not the only one suffering. I know that. No, not at all. But yeah, I can imagine, especially when like I just want to watch my show, man. Yeah, like we pay the money for these subscription services. I pay the thing. I want to do the thing that I'm paying for. Yeah, we pay for the internet. Like like, I have this PlayStation Five that I spent way too much money on. Mm Mm-hmm. And even I want to watch my my stories. God damn it. But yeah, uh, but that that's enough of us rambling, Chris. We got to get. We're a little parched, I think. At least I know. Oh man, it's it's all this rambling that makes me so thirsty. So Cody, um, what you drinking? All right, Chris, we're on to flavor mm. number two of the Bud Light Out of Office Pack. Ooh, take me to Flavor Town, Cody. Uh, I'm trying to remember what last week I had the strawberry daiquiri, uh, and this mm-hmm. week we have the classic lime margarita Bud Light Ooh. seltzer. How's that? That's a full essay on a can right there, but. Right. Um, it tastes. I mean, it kind of just—it almost reminds me of just a, a Bud Light Lime Marita. Um. Oh. Maybe that's a not little, a bad thing. Maybe a little bit lighter. Mm-hmm. Um, not so sweet. Because sometimes mm-hmm. some of those like Lime Maritas they get a little too sweet. But uh. Now oh, this mm. is great. This is great. This is very refreshing. It's nice for a nice sunny mm. day. You know. We're going off right. to summer camp in season three here, so that's right. Some poolside drinks here. That's right, Chris. What about you? What are you having today? So I know last week I started the uh, the truly tropical seltzer pack. Well, Cody, I'm here to inform you that I have drank them all. Attaboy. They're gone. <laughs> They're gone. Um, so now you know I, I I can report back that all of the flavors were fantastic. The strawberry kiwi was probably my favorite, and I'll tell you why, because I like watermelon things that don't taste like generic ass. Like, like I don't like watermelon Jolly Ranchers because they don't taste like watermelon. They just taste like fake ass watermelon candy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I like watermelon that is kind of briny. Like, I like it that, that it tastes like, um, that almost comes across more like cucumber, if that makes sense. Because um, I want to say, if I'm not mistaken, I'm no, you know, I'm no, uh, was it botanist or geologist or whateverologist? <laughs> I'm pretty sure watermelon and cucumber are like in the same family. Um, yeah, I don't know, but I, I, I don't like. Know, but... <laughs> I'll take. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm no scientist. I'm, I'm no scientist, but um, but the watermelon it had that kind of flavor, like it was very like briny, like almost like I wanted to put some salt on it, and I really like that kind of flavor. So I'll report back that the entire pack of the truly tropical ciders are fantastic and worth picking up now i told you all that to tell you this i have now started on the truly lemonade mix pack 
Cody, we're not going to get back to actual beer anytime soon, it seems like. Chris, the, I can't tell you how many party packs of the Truly Lemonades I've put down. They're since, so fucking we, good, aren't they? Like, WrestleMania was this past weekend. Uh-huh. Uh, I know we're, we're skipping ahead a little bit here before we get to our, our news topic. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, with, the, with like this pack that I got, I had to purposely uh-huh. like only drink one of each flavor. Mm-hmm. Other than the strawberry da- daiquiri that I had on the podcast to just make it last, because like I've had the Bud Light lemonades and I've had to buy like three or four packs of them just for the podcast, just to have the one flavor <laughs> to record with. Right. <laughs> it's like you drink some and then you're like, all right. Well, then Friday rolls around, Saturday rolls around, the the boys are coming over. It's like, well, mm. not just gonna not drink. So yeah, right. Like, what am I gonna do? Drink fucking tap water while the boys are here? But, uh, Absolutely not. But yeah, what uh, what flavor do you got, Chris? Well, I have just fucking faced a uh, a mango lemonade, so now I'm about to get you a fresh crack here. This is the black cherry lemonade. Uh, the mango was fantastic. I, I mean, I Cody, I chugged this like I walked up to a ramshackle lemonade stand being run by some like six-year-old child. And I said, (laughs) I'll have a lemonade, please. And they pour me this cool, sweaty glass of fucking mango lemonade. Cody, I just, I took this can to the fucking face. (laughs) To the face. Love that. Oh, and I'm about to take a sip of this black cherry. Now, my wife is sitting right here. She, She doesn't like the, um... Like the kind of fizziness. She didn't like the teas. She doesn't like, um, she doesn't like seltzer, like club soda, things like that. Which I get it. Like she doesn't like fizzy water. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are like that. Like I personally just love club soda. So I'm trying to get her to like the lemonade. She didn't. She didn't like the mango one. Well, she was well, she did, but it still had that kind of like seltzery flavor to it. She did take another sip, and before she could bitch about it again, she went, "Oh," then turned around, and started to bitch again. I was like, "Ah, ah you're coming around on these," but um. I'm actually gonna let her take the first sip of the black cherry lemonade because she's within uh, within our. We're doing a little candid live black cherry uh, get together. That's right. We got Mr. and Mrs. Adams on on the cast today. The okay. <laughs> That's right. She said it's better than the other one. I will be the judge of that. Yeah, I I would say the strawberry lemonade oh, is good. and the OG lemonade are my two favorites. Honestly. Oh man, but that black cherry one's good as shit. Yeah. Oh, she. We have we have a winner. Uh, if you want one, you can have one because they're they're not going to be around much longer. They they will be locked away in the Disney Vault forever. Disney Vault is my tummy. <laughs> but Cody, um, now before we get started, you know, you had mentioned something. We kind of mentioned it here in a second before we dive right in. You know, we got these poolside drinks, and so we need to hurry up and get poolside with the class of one A. Um, for those who are you know, avid anime, like theater moviegoers. And if that's something you can still actually do in this current climate, um, the tickets for Demon Slayer, what's it called? Demon Slayer Mugen Train or whatever. Um, yep. Mugen Train. The, it, yeah, it's the movie. It is now, there's a, a U.S. release date. It is April 23rd. Tickets are on sale now. Um, I, I mean, obviously this movie had made a fucking lot of money in Japan, so I can and I can understand why people like the show. Like it was top anime of like what 2019. It's run won all kinds of awards and accolades. I just so much wish I I could get behind this uh, this this series. It, it's I, it's not my cup of tea, but it's like I almost want to like buy a ticket and watch it just to feel like I belong. <laughs> yeah, if it was something that got voted in, I would have definitely. I don't even know if we mm-hmm. nominated this honestly. I don't think we have yet. 
Yeah, I definitely would have, uh, would go see this, but I don't know if it's something I want to go check out and not have any, like, uh, not have any, like, prior knowledge on. Yeah, context, I feel like, is important, because there's already characters that I guess don't even show up till like, halfway through the first season or like near the end of the first season i don't know i'm i'm, I'm when it comes to this show i'm that meme where, or one of those memes where it's like oh there's an umbrella going to the academy i don't know i don't watch i don't watch the show like that's pretty much me with demon slayer yeah so yeah, but eventually we'll come around and I, I imagine it'll get covered eventually on this podcast no it absolutely will i mean if i if i can suffer through fucking seven deadly sins i can i can sack up and watch Demon Slayer. I can give Demon Slayer a fair shake. Yeah. So, but you know what, Cody? That's neither here nor there. We need to get our swim trunks on, and we need to get poolside stat. Because let's go ahead and start with uh, we are here episode thirty nine overall. But this is episode one of season three. We'll be go this week. Obviously, if you've watched along, we've covered the first twelve episodes, which pretty much is going to take us up through their summer camp. And through a pretty major battle between All Might and All for One. Um, so, yeah, I'm, let's go ahead and dive on in, Cody. So, pretty much at the beginning of Season 3, and I, we talked about this before we started, um, this episode, it's these kind of filler episodes are okay. Because, you know, and you, you brought up a very good point. You know, we're kind of binging this back-to-back, so these filler episodes don't have the same impact. But I remember having to wait for season three to come out. And then when you see, like, get all introduced to all the characters again, I mean, this episode opens up with the villain's hideout and Shigaraki and Kuragiri talking, and pretty pretty much talking about, um, just more so reiterating what happened in the previous episode. Um, you know, they're watching a broadcast about All Might, um, and then he kind of reiterates why Deku and Stain, you know, irritate him so much. He goes back to talking about his resolve. And really his plan is to pretty much create a world without All Might to just show how fragile society really is. Um, so they kind of give that little recap of what happened at the end of last season. But then we're, we're, we get to meet our students. And as we meet the students, they love just telling us what they do. Like, here's what their power. Oh, you know, Tenya Ida, power is engine, you know, whatever. Like, they love reminding us. And if I haven't watched this show for 12 months, I'm really excited to be, you know, to like really get, it's like getting, it's going to be like getting to hang out with your friends after this fucking pandemic's over. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. And like, even not, not to be too spoiler heavy, um, but even Mm -hmm. like season five does the same thing. We have like, kind of like a filler episode, but that you reintroduce every character, Mm -hmm. their full name, their quirks, their hero names, you know, all that stuff, which for a, for a, a long running show like this with so many characters, um, it really helps out a lot. Just absolutely, and like, yeah, absolutely, and then that's all this episode is. This episode is actually just a really fun comedic, you know, filler, because um, it kind of opens up here after the you know we get the villain scene. And by the way, this season has it, it's such a polarizing thing, Cody. This season has my favorite opening of all. This is my all time favorite opener in the show, but it has the absolute worst fucking closing theme, <laughs> like. The opener is pure fucking gas. Pure gas. The ending is like some fucking Bjork sound and shit. Yeah, their their intros definitely outweigh their outros every single time. Every time. Um, but you know, it, it's 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 definitely a the intro is definitely interesting. I think I really like the ending I of it. Love it. When it kind mm-hmm. of picks up. Um, but yeah, once again, I mean the intro songs. You really can't go wrong with any of the. Oh man. Here. 
Yeah, it's just I don't know. I just like Shigaraki, like just the part of the scene where he's just like walking, like all the no moves are coming out of the portal behind him. I'm like, oh man, this season's <laughs> real fucking gas. Like, like we know things are about to go off, and they do, but not until we get to have some lighthearted time with the boys and girls of Class One A. Um, so basically, it's the end of the semester. Um, Deku's at home. He's training. Um, and you know, as he's at home training, uh, Kaminari and my man Mineta arrive at the, you know, they're, they're there, they show up at his front door and they're like, Hey, do you want to go to the pool? We can do some training, you know, right before summer camp. And of course, Deku being like so fucking naive, he's like, Oh yeah, how about, yeah, let's go. So basically they get to school. Aizawa gives them permission to go to the pool. And we find out this whole time it was a ruse with Kaminari and uh, Mineta to, um, pretty much they're, they're using Deku's innocence to get approved to go to the pool so they can see all of the, uh, all of the girls in their swimsuits. Yeah, these two little perverts. <laughs> all these little pervs, man. But what happens is, much to their chagrin, when they get there, the whole, all the boys are there, and they're like, wait, what are y'all doing here? And Deku's like, oh, I told everybody. You, had su- you guys had such a great idea about you know, training at the pool. I, I, I told everybody they should show up. And, of course, they're like, uh... And then, like, they turn around and all the girls are wearing, like, the most, like, fucking, like, Christian third base bathing suits you could ever, <laughs> ever see. Yep, they're wearing pretty much full body suits. And, uh... Yeah, like, they're, like, almost like, like, Olympic training. Like, they almost look like they're, they're doing, like, collegiate wrestling instead of swimming with their onesies. Yeah, but, definitely. Uh, I love that, like, you know, Kaminari's pretty upset and... <laughs> But uh, Mineta being the the, the, the the just deep running perv that he is, he's like, ah, this is still fine. They're skin tight. I can see everything, you know. <laughs> so, and of course, you know, again, this episode, not much happening here other than, you know, the, they get into a, um, they kind of start doing a little relay. And it's like, no, now we're getting a, you know, a little, a swim tournament, essentially, almost like a, and this is where we get the refresher on what everybody does. And I think it's a really clever way have the boys do just a real quick like swim round robin tournament and we can use this time to be like oh well they can all kind of use their powers while they're swimming let's show them what it's let's show the watcher the audience what they can do yep and uh basically there's not much swimming involved here it's mostly them just throwing themselves (laughs) using their their quirks except for deku of course he's got to swim and like pretty much and uh really his ability to like swim faster of course but Mm mm-hmm yeah, it's really cool the race with him and Yida. And then I like how we're getting ready to get like the I want to say it's what it's, we're gonna get Shoto and Bakugo, like the the rematch from the sports festival. Then old fucking Aizawa comes out, flips the fun switch off. He's like, I only I said until five o'clock, y'all got y'all gotta hit the bricks. The old the old you ain't gotta go home, but you gotta get the fuck up out of here, classic. Yep. Yeah, he shuts down the race before we can find out who the yeah, who the best swimmer is in one AM. He he shuts down the studio until you go to Queens and get him a sugar cookie. Which means, but, but um, basically puts an end to our uh, our little refresher episode because now, Chris, we're going we're going to space camp. No, not quite. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Now the big thing here, um, I want to say I can't remember if this was an after credit scene or at the very end because there were a few after credit scenes in this season. Um, mm-hmm. basically we have Aizawa and Vlad King, who's another one of the heroes and faculty at the school. They discuss that um, they're saying that the training camp location has been they've changed it. So they don't have any issues keeping that that knowledge on like a need to know basis. Mm-hmm. And then it switches over to Shigaraki and he's actually on the phone with somebody. And um, he's on the phone with somebody and says, hey, a new game is about to get started. 
So that's when we dip into the next episode where we are fucking, we are bust up and we are going to Camp Cody. Camp Cody. <laughs> that's right. We got a uh, class 1A and class 1B, right? Yeah, they're both. Yeah, the, the, the whole gang is here. That's right. Um, now, I, I want to say this episode actually opens. Um, we uh we we get a little pop at the villain's hideout here. Uh, we're introdu- uh, We meet Gearin another a second time. Gearin seems like he's kind of like the power broker here, like the broker of, hey, I'm I'm gonna get all these villains together, and you know we're gonna see if y'all can work out. That's kind of what he um, what um, kind of what his his thing is, and the, you know, and there's obviously there obviously there's some communication being relayed from him to Shigaraki, um, talking about that um. You know, there, there, there's some high expectations um, because ideally, ideally, what's going to happen here is like they're going to become kind of the, the focal point for any villains out there. Yeah, he's kind of like the middleman, taking yep. like the petty thugs up to the League of Villains. Even though we're going to find mm-hmm. out here in the next few episodes, these aren't your average everyday petty thugs. These guys are pretty much just all badass. No, absolutely, and of course we get the. You know, we get some just some kind of banter on the bus. You know, Class One A is hanging out with One B. Uh, Mineta obviously is so thrilled that the gals from Class One B are going to be there. Um, of course, we have Naito talking mad shit to everybody as he always does. Yeah, always. Talking, Never back to that, that though. <laughs> dude, like it's so funny how his character has changed from the first time we saw him. He was very like calm, collected. Now all he does is like cackle like a madman and just talk non-stop shit to class 1a until uh and i i I forget her name um uh, big fist or whatever she just fucking clobbers them over the head pretty much every time they're on screen together yeah the the chick that like literally has like big hands i guess yes she's like the rock crusher off a never-ending story about big strong (laughs) hands one thing i was wondering was shinzo isn't in this but i guess shinzo is he part of class 1c no, he's part of the general studies class. Okay, general department. Okay, I'm seeing. Yeah, it. yeah, it says general department from class one. Okay. Yeah. I was wondering, like, I was like, I thought he was one B, but he's actually just general studies. And of course, Shinzo. Some, you know, if you're keeping up with season five, Shinzo is a character that comes up, that comes out, and comes out pretty fierce. It's going to be really, really cool. Yeah, I've been um, seeing him in the intros. Uh, so I'm, I'll, I should be getting to him, I believe, in the next episode. That I'm on. I think episode ninety one is when. Nice. Um, but, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, 91. But anyhow, um, back, but to, back to summer yeah. camp. Yeah. So we're here at summer camp. We arrive at the mountaintop, and the pro hero team that is in charge of their summer camp training, we meet the wild, wild Porsche cats. <laughs> and that can, that um that is composed of, I want to say, three or four heroes. We have Pixie Bob, Mandalay. Oh, I want to say... Uh, Pixie Bob and Mandalay are the ones that show up uh, right there. Because then there, there's two other members of the um, of the Wild Wild Pussycats team. Yeah, I'd have to... I don't remember their names. I just remember Pixie Bob's name. And then... Is the one named and, Tiger? I think his name is just Tiger. May, maybe Tiger is the big guy. But they're all like wearing like Sailor Moon type outfits. And uh, Mandalay is... I, I got the vibe that Mandalay was like the leader of the group. Mm-hmm. So, but basically, um, they, you know, they're, they're kind of, they're, they're, they're put right under the gun almost as soon as they get there. Um, 
And of course, um, because I want to say they start doing like they start using their quirks and start doing things like, well, I want to say first they have to like they're like, well, you need to get to camp now and they have to like scale like the base of a mountain and do all kinds of shit to get there. Like so even getting there is going to be tough. And um, as they're climbing up the mountain, Pixie Bob uses her quirk, which I want to say she can like manipulate um, like manipulate the ground. Um, pretty much slides them all into a forest where real, real dangerous animals uh, reside. Yeah, basically, it's they have to race to get to the campsite because I think if they're not there by yeah, like twelve thirty, like noon, they don't get lunch or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I imagine there's some hungry boys and girls because you know riding on a bus, all that does is make you hungry. Um, so, um, yeah, they basically so basically they yeah, she fight. makes a Pixie Bob makes a monster. Yeah, she makes a bunch of these, like, I think they're made out of just dirt. Yeah, um, pretty much. Because I know Coda, he can't he can't control them, so they're not animals. Um, and basically, we just get a nice, pretty much just a, a fight between all of our students and these, these creatures that she's created. And uh, it really gets to, to show everybody's powers, and they all pretty much work together to, to make it through this and get to the campsite. Absolutely. And of course, you know, Aizawa makes it pretty clear that, um, you know, the, the students, really, they need... You know they need a lot more training. You know they they they've all got permits um, to use their quirks while they're here at camp. Um, I want to say, um, I want to say they start talking. They even talk. They this is where you first hear mention of provisional licenses, which comes into play really at the end of this season, going into season four. Um, so what happens is Cody they get the crown, save the town, and Mr. Krabs, and uh, they. Um, so, but now, granted, they um they don't get there until the evening. Yeah, they make it there pretty late. Um, yeah, it, it, it's getting dark outside when they get there. Fortunately for them, uh, the wild, wild pussycats decide to, to be nice, and they, uh, they like, cook them all, like, a real nice meal. Oh, yeah. They're like, this is the only time this is going to happen while you're here at camp. <laughs> Absolutely. And, of course, they all, you know, they, they, um... They all get acclimated, and we're introduced to a, a, re- a relatively important character in this arc. Um, we we meet Mandalay's nephew, a little child named Coda, and as uh, as Deku tries to go introduce himself, he Coda fucking socks him one right in the junk. Yeah, right in the nads, man. Dude, right, just that, that, that that's bad form. That's dirty pool. You don't hit another man in the junk unless it's life or death, and even then, you have to think about it. But I guess if the referee's not watching, then it's that's right. Oh yeah, the dirty low blow, Ric Flair style, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and of course, like uh, you know, of course, Bakugo takes an immediate liking to the kid after you know just hitting Deku right in the pills. Um, he's like that kid's got spunk. <laughs> he's got spunk exactly. Yeah, but and then, then of course, and then of no, go ahead. We get uh, our boy Mineta gets his time to shine once again. Yes, yes, because they're um they're taking a nice little um little bat they'll bathe in the hot springs and uh it's separated by the sexes and I fucking love that t- Mineta takes his little sticky balls and starts scaling the wall trying to like because he knows what's on the other side and he wants what's on the other side desperately so bad Cody he wants it so bad but I love when he gets to the top our man Coda is up there and he's just like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Smacks hey. him down, and then uh, <laughs> of course Coda as he as he hits Mineta, and he like he like glances over to the girl's side. And... Man, this boy this boy went through puberty all in all all of like five seconds. Yeah, so he he faints and falls off the wall. Uh, 
his voice deepened, he grew a mustache, <laughs> and he just fell over the side of the wall. That's right. And uh, fortunately, Midoriya comes to save him. And uh... oh, of course, of course, in a uh, in a uh, in a ballless hit this time, thankfully. Yeah, and then he takes him back to the cabin, and he basically we find out the story of Coda. Um, that basically, his parents were these two former pro heroes. They were called like the water, the water family, or the water something, the water heroes, or something like that. And yeah. We find that out later because um, we find out the person who actually did the deed to his parents as well. Yeah, and uh, basically, they were killed in the line of duty. And this is kind of the reason. I guess Coda has like this. I don't, I don't know if animosity is well, right he, word. No, it is because he's very much he's very bitter towards pro heroes because he he, he blames he blames his parents' occupation for leaving him and going out and getting killed. So yeah, yeah. So definitely an uh, an animosity, an app, you know, a, an apprehension, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, whatever, whatever. Insert whatever word you want to put in there. But yeah, he just does not like heroes and blames the occupation on the death of their of his parents. Yeah, and it seems like he's so young, so it's hard for him to understand that they, like, died honorable deaths. And Mandalay exactly. kind of makes that apparent. Um, mm-hmm. And the name is Waterhose, is the name of Waterhose, okay. Team, like, the team of his mother and father. Okay. Um, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and then that but, pretty much brings us right into the next episode, which is actually titled Coda. Um, yeah, absolutely. And uh, now obviously, you know, the, their training really starts on the next day. Um, pretty much, uh, Aizawa breaks it down for him he's like look you know you guys have had some real you know you guys have had some close calls some encounters with villains and you're doing well academically but like your 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 mental stamina and like your you know that have improved but your quirks are still like day one and that's evident from when you know he makes him do the the ball throwing test and bakugo is still like it's it's within like i want to say it's like the same like he didn't throw it any further yeah i think he threw like a meter further maybe um, okay. So they definitely have a lot to improve on, and they basically mm-hmm. set up stations, for the most part, stations for each individual character. Or sometimes a couple characters, yeah, where they can all like really like hone in on like their skills. So like they have like Tokiomi, he's like in a dark cave trying to control Dark Shadow. They got mm-hmm. the sugar guy, he's wolfing down cake, and like all, like exactly. Kaminari's charging like a battery or something. They're all doing like things that coincide with their quirks. Exactly. So. So yeah, getting them, getting the, the, getting them to improve their quirks is you know really the only way they're going to get stronger. And of course, you know the, that episode actually ends with a, uh, we get to see the um, the hero, the villains actually. They are they appear to be on location, so they seem to know this secret location of the summer camp. And uh, it looks like the uh, the person kind of calling the shots here is our man Dobby, uh, who we met last season. Um, he is part of the I forget what they call this group going into the next episode the uh, like the Vanguard Squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's something like that. Uh, and they're basically Dobby's just waiting on a couple more people to show up, but he's already got like six or seven other villains with him, so they did not come like unprepared this time. Yep, and uh, I forgot to mention that Vlad King is actually the homeroom teacher of Class One B. So yeah, and he actually as long as we see One B, we see Vlad. Yeah, and Vlad actually becomes like more of a kind of like a primary uh, teacher at the school, mm-hmm. like kind of going forward, like more in the spotlight, I should say. Um, and one more thing before we get to this next episode, mm-hmm. we also have the scene where Midoriya kind of goes up to Koda again, and he basically he like brings him some curry and rice, like because he mm-hmm. wasn't at like the dinner table. Um, 
and he tries to kind of convince Coda that, like, he basically tells his own story, but he's telling it like, you know, I once had this friend that didn't have a quirk. Yep. And that, like, he still believed that he could become a hero, and Coda is just not having it. Yeah, <laughs> fuck this. Yeah, so uh, Midori tries his best to kind of get through to Coda because obviously he cares about, like, this young kid because mm-hmm. he, he almost sees himself in, in those shoes a little bit. Oh, absolutely he does. Except he never hated heroes. He just wanted to be. Exactly. It's hard. And we learned early on, it's hard to be a hero without a quirk. But, but going into, you know, we're we're in day two of training camp now. So class one B is there, there in the forest with their homeroom. And then Lab King pretty much tells me, he's like, you know, you know, we need you guys to step it up. If you want, if you want to have your chance to shine like class one A did, y'all need to, you know, y'all need to, you know, knuck if you buck really, you know, square up, you know, do, you know, get better at what you're doing. Um, so basically he's kind of doing the same thing. He's having them exercise their quirks. Um, and that's when they join up with one A and they kind of do the same thing. And at this point we now get to meet the full squad, the full wild, wild pussycats. And that's where we meet tiger. And, um, fuck, I do rag not remember doll. the rag doll. Okay. I thought it was rag doll. Rag duh. Rag, like rag doll. Rag doll. Hey, hey, sounds great to me. <laughs> Let me double um, check just to make sure. Yeah, we got Mandalay, Pixie Bob, Ragdoll, and Tiger. Yeah, and I love and I like the fact that basically like all of them have really neat quirks. I actually really like Mandalay's quirk, how she can kind of telepathically communicate with everybody. Mm-hmm. I think that's really that's such a great power. And I love how all of their powers help each other. Like the the team is as powerful as it is because they all use their quirks in conjunction with each other. Yeah. Um and that and, and the reason that is, um, you know, and of course, you know, Deku tries to hit uh, Tiger, and Tiger's just like, you know, get the fuck out of here with that weak shit. Um, but Aizawa pretty much tells him, it's like, hey, you know, because they have such a, uh, you know, a wide spectrum of quirks that it just makes them the ideal candidates to go ahead and uh, take care of them for summer camp. And at that point, you know, they're, they, they're, they spend the day training. Um, so, of course, um, dinner time rolls around. I want to say, I want to say Class 1A actually uh, cooks the meal tonight yeah they're like cooking for themselves um mm-hmm. we kind of get that scene where izuku and todoroki they have like a little chat and they're basically like midori is kind of just asking him for advice on what he should do with koda and uh because mm-hmm. obviously he got through the uh todoroki but todoroki kind of finds it annoying the way he like yep almost the way he gets through people like he kind of breaks down their walls almost. and uh oh yeah so yeah he, he kind of just uh, he gives him a little bit of advice, um, basically saying uh, actions speak louder than words. Like you can't really tell somebody. Like you gotta, you gotta show him. Uh, Absolutely, and uh, of course, while they were making dinner, uh, he actually Deku actually notices that Coda isn't there. Um, but uh, we find out that Coda has himself a little secret hideout. Uh, you know, his little honeycomb hideout over on the over on the cliffs. Uh, he has his own little um, he has his own little cave there. Uh, his little He-Man Woman Haters Club, and, <laughs> and of course, you know Deku shows up with some food. Yeah, and this is actually, and, this is actually the scene that I was I was referring to. Yeah, yeah, and Coda and Coda pretty much just tells him to fuck off, and this is where we find out that his parents were water hose. Um, and you know, and it just it this whole thing just makes Coda bitter, and of course, like you said, he tells the story of his quirkless friend, and this is where we know we got the uh the, the, we see the Vanguard. Uh, action squad of the League of Villains. Uh, we have uh, T- 
Saratoga. Uh, who do, who else do we have here? Um, uh, Mustard, who's the guy who can uh, pretty much has this poison gas. Very clever name. Yeah, we, got, uh, we have uh, uh, Mr. Magnus. Compress. Yep. Yeah, Himiko Toga, uh, Mr. Compress. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the Funko Pops over here. Yeah, Magna, Spinner, uh, who is like pretty much like decked out in stain gear, and we have uh, Moonfish. Yeah, I don't remember all the all of their names to be honest, because um, most of these ones don't matter too much. Um, yep. But uh, and there there are a couple more. We do have one that's kind of like shroud. We've seen shrouded in a cloak. Mm-hmm. But basically, they're all just you know they're. The the one in the mask is just like you know I, let's, I'm ready let's fucking do this and of course Dobby's like you know we need to wait you know we got three more on the way let's you know let's fucking do this right oh yeah we got twice as well Get oh twice. yeah my man dude twice is so great and I can't wait to you know follow like how his um how powerful this guy actually is so yeah, I don't want to jump the gun there but man twice is a great character. Um, twice, twice might actually be one of my favorite characters in the show. Honestly, the more yeah. I like read ahead and stuff like that, such a neat character. Yeah, he's definitely a good cool guy. Yep. And with that being said, and this is the whole point of having this this Vanguard squad is to just do a smaller. It, it's just like Dobby thinks it's smarter to have like pretty much you, you don't you just don't need the jobbers in there. Don't use a big bunch of thugs. Just grab like you know get the best of the best and put them in a, a small group. And then we'll just fuck their world up from there. So, so of course, um, day three starts, um, and of course the people that failed the um, that failed the finals um, had to do extra lessons the night before. Um, so of course they're dragging ass, um, and basically, it's at this point Pixie Bob is like, "Hey, both classes are going to compete in a, a, a test of courage." So. And that, that I guess is kind of kind of, kind of be the big showdown between class one A and one B. Um, and of course we've got you know going to that evening we got the student we're just kind of going through kind of the same routine each day here. Um, students are cooking for themselves, um, yeah. and then we start we start questioning. Um, you know, at least Shoto starts asking Todoroki's like you know what what's Deku's connection with All Might? That's kind of the big takeaway here. Yeah, which he had, he had kind of questioned before um, because Deku's basically mm-hmm. like. When they were talking about uh, Coda, he was asking him. He was like, "I wonder what All Might would have done and all this stuff." So like, yeah, Deku or uh, I'm sorry, Todoroki and even Bakugo, they're they're definitely catching on that something's up. Uh, Absolutely, and Bakugo like already kind of knows. Yeah, Bakugo's know? like something's Bakugo's known something's been up ever since Deku got a quirk. Um, yeah. yeah, basically. And oh, go oh, ahead. Go ahead. No, please. I insist. I'm sipping on my black cherry lemonade by all means. Well, that night, uh, like you said, Pixie Bob puts Class One A and One B against each other, um, basically mm-hmm. in like a it's like a scaring contest almost. One mm-hmm. B has to go high, and then One A separates into a bunch of duos, and they basically got to walk in this circular path and like try not to get scared. It's a very mm-hmm. very odd exercise, um, but of course, this is interrupted by. Uh, by this uh, this vanguard action squad from the league. Oh, they are in. They are here, and they are not here to play games. That's for sure. And I want to say they're interrupted by um by mustard. I want to say he's the one who uh, him and him and Dobby, I believe, pop up. Or is yeah. it um? I want to say it's who is it? 
like Ochako and Sue are walking through the forest, and then like that's right because they they start they smell something burning, which obviously Dobby yeah that's right Dobby lights the forest up with his uh with his quirk, which it looks like some sort of blue flame, um and then as soon as they notice the burning smell, that's when mustard hits them with the old gas and um, starts knocking people unconscious here. Yeah, and then Big Hand Girl. I'll have to find her name. Um, uh, it's Suka. Suka is what it is? Okay. Yeah, it's Suka. One of her classmates drops because he breathes in the gas, and she, like, covers up the other one's mouth and, like... Mm-hmm. And she scoops them up, and pretty much they have to get away. And then, of course, you know, while that's going on, she notices the gas is poison, and then there's a raging fire. Um, uh, Dobby has pretty much lit a massive chunk of the fire on. And that, that's kind of the signal that uh, things are getting started here. Um, we've kind of got all the students spread out. Um, they've got them isolated and probably scared for their life. And um, so, of course, you know, even Magna, one of the heroes we meet, is able to uh, take Pixie Bob down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then while during all the commotion, Deku remembers, oh, shit, Coda's at his hideout and he's by himself. So he immediately um, starts heading that way. And that's, uh, I want to say that's where that episode ends because... Deku's not the only one that realizes Coda is up there. We have uh, we a villain has uh, met him up there as well. Yeah, basically Deku kind of uh, disobeys. Like I don't I don't know if it was Tenya's orders or if it was. Uh, I believe it was Aizawa. It might have been Aizawa's orders. Where Deku's like, look, he kind of mm-hmm. goes off on his own because he knows where Coda's at. He knows he's at his little hideout. Um, yeah, basically, while I want to say he sends Tenya. And some of the others back to like the homeroom class to kind of inform Vlad and like the others. Yep, uh, and uh, I want to say, and this is where Mandalay, while while the you know, while the fighting is picked up, Mandalay uses her quirk, and this is where we see that she can talk to everybody telepathically, and she kind of just puts out the warning: "Hey, we've been attacked by villains out here." And Aizawa's like, he tells Vlad King, "Stay here with the students. I'm, um, going out." And as soon as he leaves, uh, Dobby. Uh, attacks him with a, uh, a blue flame here. But um, I want to say what happens here is I don't know if we see this part quite. I'm trying to remember the timing here because like things are jumping around. Like it, it is really kicking up. Yeah. The, but the, um, the, These next couple episodes, it's going to get a little jumbled. Um, but basically yeah. we got all of our students are split into like groups of like two to four <laughs> and they're, they've all got some kind of side villain or like a main villain. Like for instance, Sue and uh, Ochako are going up against uh, Himiko Toga. Mm-hmm. Which that that gal is a psychopath. Oh yeah, but uh, this this next episode this is probably if not my favorite episode is one of my favorites. Uh, yeah, this one this one's really really good. I like I do like the separate fights. Uh, really, the, one of my favorite ones here is when uh, uh, Tetsu Tetsu is actually um, he runs into Itsuka and she's you know she's still carrying the um the the other student and actually he was given gas mask uh because um. Uh, Yayurozu actually used her quirk and created gas masks. Um, and Tetsu Tetsu is pretty much, you know, trying to stay with Itsuka and they can um, they can try to, you know, make things right. Um, so everybody's got Mandalay's message. Again, there's a lot happening here. And this is where, and it kind of cuts back at this point, after, while they're all fighting down there, it cuts back to Koda up in his uh, hideout. Um, and we get to um, meet the man responsible for Coda's parents' death. It, 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 Coda almost recognizes him almost immediately. Um, and it's uh, his, his villain name is Muscular. 
And this is as he pretty much he's ready to go ahead and uh, send Coda to meet his parents. And then Deku comes in. This is another. This is dude. I don't know what it is about the show. Every time someone comes rushing in and you get a fucking smash to the chops, it's so hype. Oh yeah, it's another one of those moments where Midoriya, his body kind of moves on its own. Dude, jumps in right in the nick of time, saves Coda, and then he's realized that he's up against one tough ass opponent, Chris. Oh, dude, that's right, because he hits him in like nothing, like yeah, he hits him with a like a I don't know if it's a Detroit smash or which smash it is, but I think he hits I think he hits him with a Delaware smash. It's a he's, I think he's, 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 I think that's the final one. Um, okay, he hits him with one smash, and it's just like a he kind of just like what was that? Like <laughs> exactly, yeah, he he's that was like, like bullshit. And he kind of explains that, like, his muscles basically, like, I don't know, this guy's ripped out of his mind, but, like, his muscles and his tendons can't even con- be contained in his own skin, so they're, like, mm-hmm. just, like, protruding out. And um, yeah, he, he almost he almost reminds me of, like, a Nomu with, like, the way his body is. Yeah, it's, like, it's almost unfair. Like, it seems like this guy, like, has it all. Like, it seems like he's, like, as strong as All Might. Um, it, mm-hmm. it almost, yeah, it's very similar to, like, the Nomu. Yep. And then uh, we cut over to Todoroki and uh, Bakugo, and they, they run into one of the other villains here, uh, Moonfish. So, and of course, Moonfish is like, he's already cut somebody's arm off. And this guy has such a weird power. It's like, like he attracts, I, I, I guess, I don't know, like they can spit out like these, these metal things. Like it's so weird. Yeah, they're almost like metal blades. Um, mm-hmm. he, he like doesn't really. He's very weird. Like he's a very strange character. Like he's always talking like, "We got a job to do" or something. Like I don't even remember what he says. But like, yeah, it's so weird. He's a super strange character. Um, but yeah, he kind of begins to attack them, and uh, nearly gets Bakugo. But fortunately for him, Todoroki like throws in a nice wall real quick to save him. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're kind of pinned down, um, for the time being at least. Mm-hmm. Cause then of got, course you know. It, no, go ahead. Yeah, this guy's basically just throwing up like blades, like, like literally, like just <laughs> opens his mouth and just all these blades come out. So, yeah. And then we have another scene of Magna fighting uh, Tiger and Mandalay, and uh, Magna's a uh, villain we've just been introduced to, and she, uh, her ability is that she can like, I, I, she can like attract metal, or she can she can manipulate metal, like almost like a, almost like the movie versions of Magneto, right? Yeah. So and. Magna's like like beating the shit. Like Magna's a pretty tough fighter. Um, at least what we see that she does here. And yes, Magna, that is a she. And then um so from there we go back to Muscular. Again, there's a lot of bouncing around here. Uh, muscular is actually he when Deku shows up, he also tells Deku that you know that he recognizes him because he's uh, you know, Shigaraki is one that's you know is you know kind of has it out for him. Um but Muscular kind of lets it slip here that they're they're not here for him. They're here for a kid named Bakugo. Um, yeah, Muscular. That's uh, he kind of spills the beans. That basically, the, big time. They're there to capture Bakugo, and that they have like a list of of like certain students that like are on, I guess, like their hit list. Um, and it seems like like Deku and Todoroki are <clears throat> are like some of like the key pieces that they know about, but they're there to. Uh, essentially, just capture Bakugo. Absolutely, and uh, and muscular proves to be a lot for uh, Deku 
through the handle here because he's up. Deku's throwing pretty much everything he's got at him, and it's you know it's not really doing much to him. And he's just you know saying that Deku's quirk is inferior, and he's he, I mean he's he's just, he's just a just a brute, just a just a just an ungodly ass beater. So you know he's actually got Deku down, and then um he, we got Kota throwing rocks here at, uh, at at muscular, you know, talking shit to him, you know, asking if he tormented his parents before he died. And um, Muscular, of course, you know, commenting on the irony that, you know, the odds of him running into the kid of the parents he killed. Um, yeah, and, you know, and just says, hey, it was, you know, and of course that he pretty much just lets, he kind of he kind of reiterates everything that, you know, that makes Coda hate heroes. And it's like, hey, man, it was their job that got him killed, not me. Yeah, he's very harsh to Coda, um, like a villain Big would time. be. Like, he's like, oh, those losers were your parents. And man, <laughs> but this is a uh, so. This is and, when, and I guess I guess it kind of gives um you know what Coda does really gives Deku a lot of inspiration because he charges up like what does he do like he doesn't do a hundred percent he goes like a million percent or something stupid. Well, first he does uh I want to say he does a hundred percent. Yes, I think he does one hundred percent attack and like. Fucks him up pretty bad. Um, oh, yeah, his arm is fucking jello. Yeah, but then, like, Muscular's still not, not done yet, and uh, <laughs> yep. we actually get to see Coda like, tries to distract him again, and it seems like it's Coda's quirk activates is what I believe happens. Cause, like, yep, and he, gets he has, like, water. water, too. Yeah, he's, like, mm. just like his parents, um, which is it's pretty cool, because, like, they say that, like, it takes, like, a, one of those, like, emotional moments for your quirk to activate, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, once again, Deku is just just getting the beat down. Like he is not a match for this guy. Uh, and he's basically yep. and what I, what I like here, um, we we do get like Coda kind of wondering, oh man, why why is he why is he doing this to protect me? And that's when he hits him with the water, and you know, muscular still powering up. He's still beating the shit out of Deku. Um. And Deku's like trying to get Coda out of here, um, and basically, you know, because of all the training they've done, like he can't really get away without them dying. And then, um, oh, man, this is so great. Yeah, eventually we get to another point where like he tries hitting him with another smash, another like this is where he hits him with a hundred percent Detroit smash, and it just it just knocks him back a little bit. Like this is so, again, us talking about this fight is not doing it any justice. Like I, this is one of the best fights in, in, in the show, in my opinion. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, basically it comes down muscular, basically has Deku like pinned to the ground after he uses his, his smash. And, uh, it's like a very iconic scene. It's really hard to do justice with words, but like Deku's arm is like pinned between him and the ground, and like his arm yep. has already been broken probably at least once. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to say there's some talking between Muscular and like Izuku's. Like he, Izuku's basically in his head. He's kind of given up. He's like, I'm sorry, mom. Uh, I'm sorry, all my all this stuff. And then uh, I guess hearing Coda like talk in the background and like. That's when Coda's quirk actually activates there. Um, yep. And basically, but, Muscular's like, hey, after I get done killing you, I'm going to kill Coda after this. And, uh... Boy, was that well, the right thing to say? Because Izuku basically, yeah. like, 
burst out with strength and like yeah a one million percent delaware detroit smash yep and it is uh quite the attack it's an awesome scene it's really hard to even like describe oh, you see like his muscles fucking he's like oh dude it's so great he just smashes coda like through the fucking not coda god if he smashed coda that'd be awful <laughs> he smashes muscular like right through the wall dude i want to say you get like that kind of classic scene at this point where it's like it shows like the like anytime they use one for all like the, to the max potential you see like this like little rainbow like cinematic scene like, yeah and it, like the, the lasers and yeah yeah you see all this cool shit happening it's, it's very neat um and th this is the first time we see deku like get that little cinematic scene so uh yep very cool and uh yep and coda is just like oh man this guy saved me this guy this guy is a hero like he's a real hero um and this is like the first time that like deku really has the chance and has gotten the chance to like save somebody you know what i mean oh yeah absolutely and uh and that leads us right into you know right into the next episode here. So muscular has been defeated. Um, sorry. So muscular has been defeated. Um, you know Deku st still needs to get Coda back, and they need to get everybody back because he he needs to relay what's happened. You know and why they're here. Um, but then, now we cut back to we actually get to see Aizawa and what happened with his little thing with Dobby. But um. He, he's got Dobby, he's you know, interrogating, he's trying to find out why they're here, but then, like, he just kind of melts away into, like, mud. Yeah, it's almost like he just, like, uh, it's like a shadow clone for yep. those of you who watch Naruto or anything like that. It's like, he can clone himself. I'm not really sure at this point what Dobby's, we're not really sure what Dobby's powers are. He, yeah, he, he can make fire, and he can, um, and he can clone himself, like, make mud clones or something out of himself. And he's got a sketchy-looking, uh, skin i would say <laughs> like his oh yeah he's he's seen his his face has seen better days yeah absolutely. um oh no no sorry it's not dobby's clones i want to, it's twice that made the clone is that who it, it is twice that makes the clones yes okay. it, it it doesn't yeah. it's kind of hard to understand at this point because we don't really know much about twice but uh that that does make yeah. more sense so yeah um, um and then of course and pretty much, and, it, and that's when, because it cuts back to Dobby and twice after that. And uh, twice is a neat character, like I've said, because he he's dealing with dual personality. So it, like, a lot of his dialogue doesn't make sense because it's two different people talking. It'll be one half of him says one thing and then the other half will kind of say something that's the complete opposite. So, but yeah, so. From here, so after that, um, you know, of course, you know, it cuts back to them. Dobby needs him to make another clone. Um, and this is where um, Aizawa, actually, Deku runs into Aizawa, and he, he knows how bad he's hurt. And I want to say he um, he tells, he gives Coda to Aizawa and says that he needs to pass a message on to Mandalay. And this is about about them, that they're here for, um, about they're here, sorry, I'm losing my train of thought here. That he's here from for uh, for Bakugo, but they're all here for Bakugo. And more fighting ensues. Um, Spinner, the guy, the, the villain, like the lizard villain, who's pretty much like Stain. Him and uh, Magna are still out there fighting Mandalay. Um, and then, no, I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got that backwards. No, you're right. They're fighting Mandalay. No, okay, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And um, so Izuku, uh, sorry. 
sorry, I just lost my I lost my train of thought again. No, you're good. I'm trying, I'm trying to get it all right because there's again, there's so much happening in these next couple sets. But basically, they get the message to Mandalay that a student named Kachan is the target here. And so she relays that, and everybody – they don't know who Kachan is, but the students do because that's what Deku calls – I guess that's the childhood name he has for Bakugo. So mm-hmm. now everybody's super concerned. Um, and I want to say he tells uh, – th- th- we have this moment here where uh, Koda's with Aizawa, and he wants Aiza- he wants to apologize for uh, – he's upset that he didn't apologize to Deku for not apologizing. He's, he's upset he didn't apologize to Deku for punching him in the dick earlier. So – and of course, as I was like, you know, he'll be fine. Um, you know, you can tell you can tell him all that when when you see him again. So of course, he gets the kid to the camp. He runs back out. Um, and of course, you know, Mandalay and Tiger are still fighting. Uh, they actually take down Spinner and Magna. Um, and of course, now that they know that the cat's out of the bag, Magna's like, "Yo, somebody spilled the beans, and it was probably muscular." Um, so their plan kind of accelerates here. Um, and then cutting from there, we, we go back to uh, Bakugo and Todoroki. They're fighting against Moonfish. Um, and, I mean, they're going toe-to-toe. Um, the, his blades are able to keep Bakugo away. Um, but Shoto's kind of able to keep him away with the ice. So they, they're kind of at a little bit of a stalemate here. Yep. And then we flash over to, uh, oh boy, Tetsu Tetsu. And uh, yes. big big hand girl, Itsuka. And... Uh, yeah, they have a nice little moment here with uh, because they're the ones who kind of take out mustard here. Um, they're having trouble with the gas. Um, mustard does not play fair because uh, once he um, when he sees Tetsu Tetsu coming out, he just whips out a gun and shoots him. And of what? course, like the, the bullets start bouncing off of like his metal skin. What a coward, man! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you he just pulls point. out the fucking gat and just goes at him. Yeah, but fortunately, uh, Itsuku Itsuka. Yeah, Itsuka. Yeah. Yeah, she she thinks quickly and uh, basically uses her giant hand ability to kind of just whisk Walk away. the gas away. Because while they can't see him through the gas, he can see them because of like the he can see the movements in the gas. So he knows where they're at. And uh, of course, poor Tetsu Tetsu, like she's trying to waft the gas. Tetsu Tetsu lost his mask from the gunshot. He's just holding his breath and he's fading fast. And he's able to, uh, before he completely passes out, He's able to deliver the iron fist of justice and just pop fucking mustard so hard that he knocks his helmet off. I'm telling you, man, there's literally nothing better than a good anime punch in the face. Dude, I'm telling you, like, especially in this show, because they, they just knock the shit. Like, they just beat the shit out of each other, man. So, like, like he just he just knocks it. He hits him so hard, just knocks him down to the ground, which causes the gas to dissipate. So, thankfully, they are, um, you know... Yeah, so gas- thankfully they are out of the out of the um yeah, out of the out of the dark there. Yeah, the gas problem's been uh taken care of and you mentioned out of the dark, Chris. Well unfortunately we flash back oh, to our boy, boy Midoriya and he runs into old Duplo arm Shoji and he's like oh, man, we got a problem. Like, he's like, if we want to get back to where everyone else is at, we gotta get through this. And it's like all this darkness and you just hear dark shadow just going ham. Because it's obviously it's pitch black at night and it seems like Tokiomi is cannot control his quirk at this yeah. time. Yeah, this is where we learn real quick that, um, I mean, obviously they mentioned that his power is, in you know, the darker it is, the stronger Dark Shadow is, but it's so dark that he's uncontrollable at this point. And, and of course, we hear Tokiyami, like, just kind of warning. He's, he's like, in the clutches of Dark Shadow, who's going berserk, and he's, like, kind of warning everybody 
run away or you're going to die kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of which takes us on. Yeah, right into this next episode, and basically, Chody's like, "Look, Midoriya, you either gotta help me save Tokiomi, or you gotta go get to Bakugo." And uh, mm-hmm. our boy Midoriya comes up with this this awesome plan, basically to save both. Um, yeah. And they kind of him and Mezzo, they basically like they work together. They use his quirk to kind of attract Dark Shadow um, while they're mm-hmm. sprinting towards Bakugo and Todoroki, who are still fighting Moonfish. And then they basically like let Dark Shadow just take Moonfish to the fucking cleaner. <laughs> Dude, yeah, just 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 a real quick wash, just, just just fucking dog washes him real quick. Yeah, and the reason they brought him over there, like obviously that Bakugo and Todoroki can both use fire, so they can calm down. They can make light appear, obviously, and make Dark Shadow kind of simmer down, where Todoroki can get him back under control. No, absolutely. Very cool on the on the fly plan. Just shows how much Midoriya has learned, like from all these all this training and all these like obviously nonstop villain attacks that they that he's been through. Yeah, absolutely. And this is and then of course Deku's like, all right, well we need to we need to get Bakugo back to camp. We need we need to you know pretty much form our own little vanguard squad and protect him. And of course Bakugo's like, I don't need y'all. You know, being very prideful as he always is, but um. Like I mean, you can kind of see the expression on his face. He's actually kind of glad that he's got his homies with him. Like you can you can tell because he's like, like they're all like Deku's like talking the idea and like he's like looking at everybody while they're saying what they're gonna do. Mm-hmm. But um, but and of course um, you know Tokiyami's actually very very thankful and you know he's you know he's upset with himself that Dark Shadow took over him. But we go we cut back to our our uh, Ochako and Sue Froppy. They've um. They're going toe-to-toe with our, our gal, Himiko Toga, who is just an absolute psychopath. And all she wants to do is make friends, man. Yeah, and uh, make friends and take their blood. Pretty much, because that, that is her quirk. She takes their blood, and uh, I, I, I don't know if we... I mean, we know what she can do, because she can like use their blood to like turn into them, but we don't see that yet, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we just see her. I think she manages to cut both of them. And take a little yes. bit of like Uraka's blood. Um, yeah. So spoiler there, because we actually see that in like I want to say in the second half of the season we see that. But um, well, I do like here we see uh, Ochako remembering what she learned from Gunhead. So she gets to do the old the if someone's coming at you with a knife, you pivot, you grab the back of their neck and their arm and drive them to the ground. So we get to see her use her uh you know her martial arts that she learned and take uh, Toga down. Yeah, and Toga kind of calls her out, almost like uh, like Aoyama did. Yeah, Aoyama. Like she's like, oh, you, you. I think she says you smell just like me. Like you're a girl that has a crush on somebody. And uh, yeah, so, like she's like, you smell just like me. Like I know that smells just like me. You have yeah. a crush on somebody. Yeah, just and read, that's reads are like a book. <laughs> oh, absolutely, and that's enough to distract her. She's able to get a vial, a little needle in her, get her blood, and is able to retreat. Um. Yeah, fortunately, so, some more of the, the rest of the class basically show, like Midoriya and them show up, and uh, mm-hmm. basically Himiko Toga knows that she's outnumbered, and she doesn't want to die today, so she kind of dips out of there. Absolutely, and then, and of course, um, so they to get they use, well, they don't do this yet, but they've got a plan, so they include them in the plan to get them back. Um, however, while they're talking, uh, Bakugo and Tokiyami have disappeared. Yeah, they've been. And this is where we actually meet our old pal, Mister Compress. Little Mister Compress, he uh, he's basically turned them into marbles. 
<laughs> Pretty much. He's, he's like a evil magician, I guess. Yeah, and he's hopping through, basically trying to escape with, like he's he's caught the target, so. Um, yep, and uh, now that the target has been acquired, everybody else is like, all right, well, let's go ahead and gather up the squad and let's let's go ahead and uh, meet at the rendezvous point. So, and then Midoriya once again comes up with another plan on the fly that basically has like Uraraka <coughs> like make them all like weightless and then have Sue throw them and like have Bakugo use his flames and like basically just launch themselves towards Mr. Compressed and uh they managed to get to where he's at um while that's all going on we also got a nomu gets released chris you can't oh, have a fucking chainsaw arm nomu yeah, my god man yeah, chainsaw nomu cuz you can't have a villain attack without at least one nomu being present and uh, right we basically oh, have Yayorozu, who has been pretty badly injured, and uh, one of the kids yeah, from she class. She takes B. a big knock to the noggin. Yeah, one of the kids from class B, Yosetsu. Um, fortunately for them, before they're about to get killed, the Nomu gets called back by Dobby because he, he gets word from Mr. Compressed that, hey, I got the target. Um, and this is where uh, Yayorozu acts pretty quickly on the fly. She makes a tracking device, and then Yosetsu yeah. runs over and puts it on the Nomu, so that way. When this is all said and done, they'll at least have some sort of tracking of this League of Villains. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and of course, you know, since everybody's starting to, you know, retreat back, uh, we go back to Magna and Spinner, who have been, uh, you know, apprehended pretty much by Mandalay and Tiger. Um, Kuragiri shows up, and I want to say gets them, grabs them, gets them to where they need to go. Uh, Toga catches up with Dobby and twice. Um, she does. She does make sure to mention that she only got one person's blood, even though she was trying to get at least three. Um, and then, and of course, while she's talking, uh, uh, twice and because uh, twice and uh, Toga end up having a pretty, like, neat relationship. And while they're jawing at the mouth, um, Dobby's like, "Shut up!" And he looks up and sees uh, Mr. Compress pretty much being uh, being attacked by. Deku and the gang, and they're able to actually uh, take uh, take Compress to the ground here. Yep, and it brings us right into this this next episode. Like like you said, mm -hmm. Midoriya, Todoroki, and Shoji have caught up with Compress. Um, and uh, basically, now we have like our, our face-off. We got all the good and all the bad guys here. Um, well, for the most part, at least. And yep. Basically, they, they managed to steal two of these marbles that Mr. Compress has by attacking him and using like a little group team attack. Um, yeah. Turns out Mr. Compress was thinking on the fly and like as he was running away from them, he like turned some of Todoroki's ice into marbles. So smart. Yeah, so little, smart. little sleight of hand because that's like his specialty. And uh, turns out they still Absolutely. have the actual marbles. Um, and then with some assistance from Ayoyama who has basically been hiding in the bushes because Dobby was... Dobby and Twice were passing by. Um, oh, yeah. They managed to get one of the marbles back, and Dobby's basically like, look, we got to figure out which one of these marbles is Bakugo, because that's who they need. And so he has... Mm -hmm. He basically instructs Mr. Compress to release his, uh, his ability, his quirk, and of course Dobby has the marble that has Bakugo in it, and Tokiyomi gets released back to the good guys. And, yeah, uh, and while all this is go well, while this is all going on, um, the students back at camp are desperately trying to get permission with 
Vlad from Vlad King to like leave the like to go help their students. Um, and while that's happening, um, and uh, but he kind of tells me, he's like, hey, look, man, you can only use your quirks in you know if you're trying to defend yourself. And so while that's going on, we actually see Dobby or you know quote quote Dobby actually blast his way into the classroom, and um, so of course we actually get to see Vlad King um, use his ability. Yeah, which, which is, is like, like a um like a blood some kind of yeah. blood move. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, he takes down this this Dobby clone, and then obviously we realize it's a clone. Uh, but yeah, definitely like Kirishima wants to get out there, and because Bakugo oh, and have started to kind of develop like a, a somewhat friendship. Like Bakugo still an asshole, of course, but like Kirishima like sticks by him. Uh, absolutely. Like they almost seem, in my opinion, they're closer than. Not that it's it's not that they're very close to begin with, but they're almost closer than Midoriya and Bakugo are. Yeah, they are they are big homies here. So you know this this training session kind of ends with uh, they get Tokiyami back, but um, you know they get Bakugo. They the villains actually release Bakugo from the marble, but they uh, they're pretty much pulling him through uh, one of Kuragiri's portals, and Deku you know arms are shot, legs are shot. He tries to grab uh he tries to rush towards the portal tries to get bakugo and actually and bakugo actually like tells him he's like stay back um but deku of course is just incredibly distraught that they were able to get away with the student and that uh that actually has a huge huge impact on you know what happens in the rest of this arc and of course villains flee the scene emergency services have come in to put out the forest fire a uh, lot of injuries. So we have there was like 15 injuries. Uh, Pixie Bob uh, is in is in critical condition. Ragdoll is missing. Uh, only three of the villains were arrested. One student was kidnapped. You got 13 students with like psychological trauma. So there, UA has got a lot to answer for um, after all that. And again, I know we kind of jumped around there, but there was a like there was just so much going on that. You know, it, it really sets the tone for the second half of what we're going to talk about. Um, so the next day, of course, the media is ready to chew UA up, you know. And, of course, you know, you've got um, Nezu. Um, I want to say, well, I want to say later on, it doesn't happen yet, but Nezu, Aizawa, and, and um, Vlad King actually do a press conference. But right now it goes to a teacher meeting where you have Nezu, Midnight, Present, Night, Present Mike, Snipe, and All Might discussing the attack the big thing that came out of here is like Nezu's like you know we've got to really be careful you know the the media is going to turn this around they're going to just you know they're going to drag our name through the mud you know they're they're saying that you know the media is going to say that Bakugo was targeted because of how he demonstrated and presented himself at the sports festival um and that if he does join the villains that like UA just might as well bolt their doors like no one like it's just going to just destroy their credibility um now, President Mike, th- this this is a bug that gets dropped um, that has pretty lasting ramifications. President Mike straight up says, there's, there's, there's got to be a mole in here. There's a leak in here somewhere. But what sucks is they they, they can't really prove who it is because, like, even, like, even Vlad King's like, well, how do we know it's not you? And even Nezu's like, I can't even prove it's not me. So basically... You know, it, it kind of sets sets the bug and it puts the bug in everybody's ear that there's probably a mole in here in the school. Um, but like 
Met, uh, was it was it Mezu, uh, not Met Nezu, Snipe and Midnight are like, hey, we no, this is what they want. They want us to be at each other's throat, trying to find out if there's a traitor or not. But we need to, we we need to not break down this trust. We need to actually be stronger than ever. And of course, at that point, um, All Might gets a phone call from uh, Sakaguchi, uh, Sakuichi, and he pretty much tells him, like, hey, we know where the villains are hi- are hiding out. Yep, and then uh, we. Uh... We also flash over. Obviously, All Might's excited about that, and they start to pl- basically plan their like their rescue mission, essentially. And then, um, yep. and they're not the only ones because the uh, the kids are kind of thinking the same thing. That's right. Sorry, Chris, my dog's going wild. Give me a second. Oh, that's okay. Dog's gone wild. I'm all about pups going wild. All right, but anyhow, we got the. The kids, basically, they go to visit Midoriya in the hospital, and basically, the doctor's like, look, man, if you, like, keep getting injured like this, you're not going to be able to use your arms. Like, he yeah. says, basically, like, one or two more injuries like this, and that's it. Like, they're shot. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, while... while he's the, got, now he's got, like, scars on his arms now to kind of match the ones on his hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then while while the while the students are visiting with him... They're basically like, look, we talked with Yai Rosie, we can get her to make another, like, tracking device, because she basically made a tracking device and gave it to All Might and uh, Sukuichi, or however you say his name, the, the police officer guy. Um, and basically this is obviously to track where the Nomu was at, and uh, mm. they're going to convince her to make another one. And then against, against like, most of the students, they, they, they think it's a bad idea. They think they should just let All Might and... Uh, faculty handle it mm-hmm. but uh but it's a surprise i guess it's kind of a surprising group that goes because it's really only four of them it's uh it's it's deku kirishima which is kirishima's a given right like i'm not i was i'm not surprised that kirishima went yayorozu and tenya is the one that really surprised me that he went ahead and went along with this yeah and then todoroki of course yeah um, and todoroki um but yeah basically uh, much to their their fellow students' dismay, they they decide that they're gonna go and you know check out this 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 uh, where this tracking device leads to. Absolutely, and of course, all of the heroes are mobilizing. We got Endeavor, we've got Best Genus, we've got Mount Lady, we've got um, we got Comedy Woods. Woods. Yeah, we got the, we got Grand Torino. The fucking they're bringing out the big guns for this one. They even got uh. Gang Orca, I believe is his name. Yeah, Gang Orca, Edshot. Um, Ed, Edshot's the other one. Yeah, I can... the, yeah, Edshot's really cool. And then, we, of course, we've got, um, of course, Tiger is joining them as well from the um, from the Wild Wild Pussycats because he wants he wants his girl back. He wants uh, not Pixie Bob, but uh, Ragdoll. He wants to find out what's going on with Ragdoll. Yeah, so they got the pretty much like the greatest squad assembling. Um... Absolutely, <laughs> and so. You know, to kind of jump around a little bit. So basically, what's what's happening here is we find out that well, the 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 junior detectives, the 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 Winnie Hut Junior Squad, they actually like they're in like that. It's led them to this, uh, I guess, this like more adult centric district. So they've got to like disguise up so no one questions, and also so no one recognizes them from U.S. Uh, almost said USA High from UA High, <laughs> and uh, so of course they have all got these these fantastic disguises. Um, and I, it, it's pretty funny watching like Midoriya trying to be like, uh, "Hey, forget about it," kind of guy. You know what I mean? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Their 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 costumes are awesome. I almost wish yeah. that. Um, not to go. You off want a Funko Pop of them I, in the costume? Dude, I, I need a Funko of Tenya's costume for sure. Yes, it's great. He, look, he looks like a like a he looks like a like a like a fifties bartender. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's great. And, and like, Camino Ward is where they're at, or where they head to, by the way. Yep, and then um, also we get this flash over to like. Uh, Shigaraki and Kurogiri and like all the villains and with Bakugo back at the bar. Mm-hmm. And basically, what they're trying to do is they're trying to turn him, um, like trying to get him to join them. Um, and yeah. this is where we also get to see. Well, all, and they got like four things happening all at once. We also flash back to the kids that after they put on their disguises, they're kind of watching this this big television screen. And yep, they, it's a press conference. This is the press conference with Nezu. Uh, Aizawa and Vlad King, and pretty much there's this one reporter who's kind of ringing them out to dry, like, oh, do you think this is a good thing? Students are getting kidnapped. What's going on? Like, like really trying to, like, like you know, bury UA here. And, and Aizawa, like, Aizawa, like, handles it very well, because, like, Vlad King's worried that, like, because he knows Aizawa hates the media, and he's worried Aizawa's going to say something that's just going to really flood the papers. But really, Aizawa, at the end of the day, kind of, like, takes the blame for it. But... One of the big things here, Cody, is he's like, Bakugo fights with such a ferocity. He wants nothing more than to be the next number one hero. So if he thinks the heroes can, if, if the hero, if the villains think they can turn him, they are going to be sorely mistaken. Of course, as soon as I unmute my mic, the dog starts barking again. Oh, oh always, always. Uh, that pup's gone wild, man. I love it. That's right. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a cool scene because we're kind of unsure, like, how, whether or not. We're gonna have like a Sasuke Naruto moment where like is he gonna turn bad? Because like we don't know like Bakugo's intentions and like while they're watching this in the bar, like the villains bar, um Bakugo's yeah. like, Oh, they actually he actually understands me more than I thought. So it's kinda yeah. cool. Like you see you like you're like, Alright, never mind, Bakugo's definitely one of the yeah. good guys even though he may be an asshole at times well and he also uh and he he shows it because like they, he, they keep asking him to join but like no bakugo breaks out of the fucking chair he's tied to or the chair that he's in and actually he 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 gets uh he gets shigaraki pretty well like knocks the fucking uh the hand off his face yep. and um so like that's a big moment there and they, they're they, you know they they want to like you think that they're gonna like try to attack him and kill him, but even like, but um, but Shigaraki's like, no, don't don't touch him. And yeah. they they need to um, you know, he's a valuable asset and all that. Yeah, stuff. he's like he's a valuable asset. You know, we need you know, we're trying to recruit him. We need to make sure we don't hurt him. And then um, and then of course you know they they, they he's I want to say he's um, at this point um, no, I, I got it kind of mixed up there. No, you're um, good. They no. want to treat him as an equal. Then, once they release the restraints on him, that's when he gets up and is like, "That's yeah." When he, that's when that, he punches. That's uh, when he knocks him. Yeah, and then um, we kind of, we kind of, we're flashing back to our, like you said, the Weenie Hut Junior Squad, and they've that's come right. to this like abandoned factory basically. And uh, fortunately, Kirishima brought some night vision goggles, so they kind of just peek yeah. in to see what's going on in there, and they see like. All these nomus are basically like in oh, chambers. It's like they're it's like a nomu factory, basically. Yeah, exactly. So like, and shit, shit is like getting crazy here. Um, but and then I want to, so, I want to say, so, is this the part where we flash back to the League of Villains hideout? 
and we get yes, the pizza delivery. This is where, yeah, this is where we get because um, they're you know, this is where they're gonna like approach Bakugo, and right when they're getting ready, like Bakugo's ready to like just defend it. He, he's like, all right, well, fucking, this is it. And right when they're getting ready to do something, that's when the um, that's because well, he 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 wants all for one to lend him his power because like he's like, we just need to get back to you know, we just need to stop fucking around. You know, we don't have much time, and that's when we get a pizza delivery and they knock on the door. And as soon as that door knocks, we have uh, I want to say Kama, it's All Might burst down the uh, burst down the door, and Kamui Woods shoots in with his his limbs and starts just starts um you know just detaining everybody. Yeah, he uses this little special attack. I can't remember what it's called, but he uses that to basically restrain all of them. Gran Torino comes in. I want to say he kicks Shigaraki in the face. He kicks somebody in the face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's uh, no, he it's uh, it's Dobby because uh, he's he's about to light oh, up yeah, Kamui Woods yeah. with his flame, and he just fucking just comes in and knocks him out. Yeah, so then, so we got them coming. in. Of course, All Might's, you know, he oh, man, they were he All Might's pissed. And oh, yeah. so while that's happening, Endeavor's actually kind of pissed too because he's like, why why am I out here when they're in there? Because he he's I mean, All Might's leading the charge here, so he's kind of jealous of the number one hero kind of getting the limelight. But but uh, Sakuichi's like. Hey man, we need you in case they slip by. Like they're not going to get away from you. Yeah, and then while while this is all going on, we flash back to our to our uh, Weenie Hut Junior squad, and that's right. Basically, next thing you know, Mountain Lady and uh, and, and Best Genist. Yeah, Mountain Lady, and, Best Genist, and then Gang Killer, Orca. Uh, Killer Gang Orca. yeah, Gang Orca. Yeah, yeah, they all show up and like Mountain Lady basically just destroys this factory. Um, That's right. She has like she puts like a dump truck on her foot and delivers like a fucking <laughs> axe kick to the building. Yep. She got dumps like a truck. Yeah. So basically, uh, like Izuku and all of them, they kind of just hide around the corner. They're like, "Holy shit! Like the heroes are all here. Like they're on top of this." Like. Oh yeah. Oh, we we can just. I guess we should just split. <laughs> and Cody. Well, well, all, well. Before we get to that, so we we got two things happening simultaneously. So they they try to get Kuragir like. They, Kuragiri tries to warp everybody away, but that's when um when fucking Edshot. uh Edshot actually like just like punctures him and not takes him out, like just make knocks him unconscious. But so as they're about to gather up everybody, these other portals start to open up. Um and all these a bunch of like Nomu just start pouring out of these things. Um and everybody's like, what's going on? And while that's happening, that same, like, black sludge mist portal starts coming out of, like, Bakugo's mouth. Um, and out of, like, the villain's mouth. So, and of course, you know, they, they, you know, they call for Endeavor to come in, but they turn around and, like, the, the Nomu have flooded the streets, too. So Endeavor's got his hands full of any of the heroes outside. But, so, while that's happening it flashes back to where Mount Lady was. And there is just this, well, you hear somebody talking mm-hmm. and he's approaching um, the heroes and, you know, they tell him to stop, but he's still talking. He's still approaching. Of course, best genus uses his uh, ability and like winds him up. And then we have just a massive explosion. And then while that's going on, we cut back to the, uh, to the hideout team and like Bakugo, um, Bakugo actually like disappears and All Might just has like a oh boy he is pissed he yeah. is pissed and we get that scene where basically All Might goes to grab Bakugo and he just kind of turns the slush like he's been teleported oh, somewhere else man. and then of course all yeah. the other villains 
other than the Nomu get teleported out of there. Yeah, and of course, Comic Woods is like, oh my god, I am so, like, he, he blames himself, and they're like, no, man, there's nothing you can do. And of course, like, All Might just fucking, what does he, what does he do? He, um, he, he, he talks does about it, some kind of smash and, like, does a little twisty tornado thing, and yeah, and he kind of, he says something to Endeavor. He's basically like, "Hey, I'm leaving you in charge over here. I gotta go." Yeah, uh, yeah, save it's team, him. Essentially. Um, yep. And then, uh, oh man, so now we're back to we're back to where Mount Lady. Like, it's just it is just fucking glass. Like the building is destroyed. The uh, like the students are petrified. Like they can't move. Yeah, and all the pro heroes have been basically taken out. Yeah, uh, great, uh, great or killer orchid or whatever, killer great orca, uh, gang orca, gang orca, gang orca is down for the count. Best genus, definitely down for the count. And um, so as, as and what I like here, um, and I guess we kind of figure out at this point that this is and because best genus realizes who it is. We have uh, we have our first battlefield appearance of All Might's nemesis and a. Uh, I guess the again, I don't know if you're watching season five, and they kind of mentioned it earlier in this season, kind of the progenitor of one for all. Yep. Yeah. So the one that eventually he ended up creating it, basically. Um, absolutely. Yeah, he is a uh, he is quite the the threat. <laughs> Definitely the strongest villain up to this point. And, um, absolutely, and uh, one of the big things that that's ha- that happens here. Um, you know, and, and of course, you know, he's he's kind of condescending and almost mocking best genus in a way. And he's like, oh, you know, I can see why you're the number four hero. But, you know, he actually just like shoots him right through the fucking stomach, just, just blows a hole in his stomach when he tries to. Because uh, well, he does that because he, he thought he like, all for one, uh, one for uh, yeah, all for one actually thought he killed the heroes because I like, got the last minute you you. You manipulated their clothing and you know moved them out of the way so they wouldn't take the brunt of the blast. And he's like, he's like, well, you know, your your strength actually comes from practice and experience, and I don't I don't need to take your quirk, which kind of tells us right now that that's really what all for, what all for one can do. Um. So yeah, dude. So now as this is going on, like again, the students are still like pep- like they're hiding behind that fence, and they get they got like their hands over their mouths, like they are fucking frightened. They are more frightened than they've ever been. And of course, this is where now all the villains who were warped away, they show up here, um, and a Bakugo shows up as well. And you know, Kak, um, Bakugo is very imp- he's like, oh, this is clearly like this must be the boss villain, is he? says it and boy cody things start happening really fast because you know the villains are trying going after bakugo he's trying to evade him um all might shows up that's right as we expected he would yep he is there and he is pissed him and uh I guess eventually the, the some more. Uh, Grant Gran Torino, Gran Torino shows up eventually, and then the rest of the years. But uh, it is All Might, and now we are getting, we are getting probably the biggest fight in the series, up to this point. Right, this is this is what it's been building to. We have the ultimate good versus the ultimate evil, the symbol of peace versus the symbol of chaos, essentially. And man, they, yeah, they start to clash, and uh, basically. All Might can't use his full power because at the same time of, of him trying to fend off 
one for all or all for wait. Yeah, yeah, because he's trying he's trying to rescue Bakugo, but yeah, all he, for one like it's kind of blocking him in. Yeah, so he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't have the time to get Bakugo out of there, which is the main priority. Mm -hmm. Um So this is where basically our our Winnie Hut Junior squad of Todoroki and Kenya and all of them, Deku basically he starts to to kind of come up with a plan. Because he's like, look, guys, all my... And I might be getting a little bit ahead of myself here. Um, but th th these two episodes kind of go together, in my opinion. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Um, but basically, he's like, look, we got we to gotta come up with a plan. Because he can't... He can't fight at his full potential, like, while trying to protect Takaman. Yep. And he's like... And he's like and, he, and he also says that, like, he... Bakugo must realize this, too. That's why he's... That's why he's fighting very defensively, trying to invade, like trying to get away. Yeah, because if, if All Might's swinging at his full potential, I mean, he's not going. Well, yeah, he's probably going to kill Bakugo unintentionally. Yeah. So, but Deku makes it very, very clear that like the the plan is completely contingent on Bakugo understanding all of this, mm -hmm. um, which he thinks he does. But he's also like Kirishima, you're the like, you're the backbone of this plan. Like we can't do it without you. Because he's playing like Kirishima. Like Kirishima up to this point seems to really be the only one that can get through to Bakugo. Because you know, like Bakugo, I mean, like Bakugo actually kind of like lets the guard down and like you know almost, almost sees Kirishima as like a friend. So it's important that like Kirishima's like, like come on, man, like we like we need you. Yeah, he he basically, and I, I like the way they do this too because they kind of like they walk you through the steps of what they're doing, and mm -hmm. they don't actually rewind and like then show you it. They're like. Talking you through it while it's happening. Mm -hmm. So like Deku and Tenya, they like he pushes off the wall and then Tenya uses his boost while mm -hmm. they're holding Kirishima and then they have Todoroki shoot like a giant ice wall up. Yeah. Basically like ramp up like a giant like ramp of ice, and then mm -hmm. they just yell out to, to Bakugo. Well, Kirishima yells out to him because that'll get his attention and. They don't want to have Deku do it. Deku doesn't want to do it because he doesn't think Bakugo will, like, listen. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, Bakugo uses his power to, like, explode up, and they catch hands, and they've their rescue mission has worked, Chris. Absolutely. They have saved the, <laughs> saved the town, got the crown. Yeah, that's right. Um, and... But, uh, but you yeah, know, they're not that far away yet because uh, Magna uses, tries to send Compress up at, or Compress, Compress, all the same, uh, after him. But then uh, Mount Lady actually gets up, gets in the way, and fucking, like, they they, cr they clunk heads. Yeah, Mount Lady's like, you crazy kids, get home. <laughs> yep, and then uh, they try it again, but Gran Torino comes up and takes them out at this point. So, really now, the main focus at this point is just All Might versus All for One. And All for One seemingly has the upper hand. He also makes it known to All Might. He's like, you're not, you're not the same. There's... I, you must have passed on this quirk. It must be in the oh, so Izuka Midoriya. That's who you've passed it along to. And he he likens what's left in All Might to a uh, to like a fire that's slowly going out, and uh, All Might's doing everything he can to like keep that fire going. Yeah, he, he's definitely saying all the words that are just pissing All Might off because he's like he brings up like he talks about uh, Shigaraki also, and uh, it basically mm -hmm. gets revealed that. Shigaraki is the grandson, or mm -hmm. uh, the grandson of of All for One. Is it Nono Shimura? 
Yeah, yeah, Nana Shimura. That's um, that is um, that is All Might's teacher. All Might's uh, like the one that passed one for all two. All yes, Might. yeah, yep. yeah. So we find out that like Shigaraki's actually her grandson. Mm-hmm. And, like we get to find out some like backstory on that. We find out a little bit of backstory on Shigaraki as well. It's just like mm-hmm. he's definitely very typical of he's definitely all for one being a silver tongued devil. Oh yeah, he's definitely getting under his skin, much to. Uh, the dismay of like, Gran Torino, because Gran Torino's like, look, you can't let him get to you. Um, yeah, and All Might's definitely letting it happen. Oh, yeah. And I like I like whenever um, All for One is using a quirk, he's like strength times three, enhancement four. Like, he's, while he, every time he does stuff, he's like combining different quirks to like optimize what, he, what he's doing. Um, and again, like I said, um, last week, Everything that's happening in season five right now, some of the story we're getting, compounds on this. So if you're if you're watching the new stuff, going back and watching this, actually, I like how it just adds a little more context to everything, which I think is really really cool. Um, but All Might's also running out of time here, um, and of course, one of the one of the big things that happens, like I, I forgot to mention it right in the beginning of the fight, um, All Might goes for a uh, for a smash, but uh, he. All for one actually warps Gran Torino right in front of him, and uh, Gran Torino actually catches the full fucking brunt. Oh yeah, he gets he gets taken out pretty quick. Um, oh, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it, All Might is definitely losing this fight, and you can tell. Like, I mean, he, his body's starting to do like his, his little shrink thing. Uh, yeah, he's like half shrunk, half big, and and he's very much running out of steam, and um. And it cut, we actually get a nice little flashback with um, with uh, Shimura and um, All Might. I can't remember Tominari or Tominari, I believe is his human name or his human name. Uh, his Toshinori. Normal ass. Toshinori. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's his. Because like, uh, in his head, he's like saying, he's like, I gotta remember. It's kind of like what the the teachers have been telling the students, like you gotta remember where you came from and like how you got yep. here and all that stuff. And he's kind of just reiterating a lot of that. In, in his head, and we we're, we're flashing between this and like the scene of like this fire, cause, like all for one saying that the fire inside him is basically going out. Um, yeah, you're running out of power. Um, and we get to see some cool little flashbacks, and we find out that like I think it's we find out here that or may, no, I guess no, I'm getting too far ahead of myself. But uh, like you said, we get we get some scenes with him and Shimura, and because mm-hmm. all for one's also saying that like she was like worthless and. Yep, just like a waste of human life. Or he's he's like he's he's got like a, a wicked tongue, basically. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, so but one of the big thing that happens here is um, obviously there's uh the fight is being like the the media is out there and helicopters they're broadcasting the fight and uh All Might's pretty weakened and now for the first time on camera, he's actually being shown in his weakened state. And a lot of people are like, wait, is that All Might? How is that All Might? Like, that doesn't look like the symbol of peace. Yada, yada, yada. And um, <clears throat> and, that's, and that's when we start getting, you know, again, the backstory on the, um, on the grandson. And then while they're fighting, uh, All Might actually gets a, a, a civilian that he saved earlier. It, you know, like, kind of pops out of the rubble and is like, you need to win. We need you to win. And um, you know, we got because uh, Bakugo and all of them have escaped. They're actually in the street watching the fight on one of the big uh, 
you know, on one of the big screens in the in uh, the city. Yeah, and um, Todoroki and Yayi Rozu also escaped as well while the fighting yeah. was all going on. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the the rescue squad got away. Um, so, and of course, All Might doesn't have much left. Like he's got, he's pretty much got all the power in his one arm, and he's using that to like kind of hold off this mega quirked up arm of um of all for one. Oh yeah, he's but got like all... a beefed up arm. It almost reminds me of uh is it a tyrant from like the Resident Evil game? Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. His arm is just ridiculous. Um but obviously when you have thousands of quirks you make this super beefy arm I guess. Yeah, but also too, but uh we do forget like um all my and while they're while they're fighting, uh, the other heroes actually uh, pop in. Endeavor and Edshot uh, show up, and uh, Endeavor's actually, of course, Endeavor being Endeavor is actually he's like he's kind of like what is this? He's kind of pissed looking at All Might's weak form. He's like, what's and, that weak um, little body? <laughs> exactly. And he pretty much like he pretty much tells him like, hey, you you know, show us why the number one hero is the number one hero, and um. So of course, you know, he tries to attack Endeavor. Um, Ed Shot runs in. Uh Kamui Woods is there to get the heroes out. So, like, so pretty much, you know, the tides are starting to turn a little bit. Um, and of course, you know, Mountain Lady's still down for the count. Uh Tiger has um Tiger shows up to he rescue. He has the woman. uh Ragdoll. Yeah, and he also rescues the the woman that said, like, keep fighting yeah. all might, you gotta win. And uh but really absolutely gas, really gassing all might up and once he knows yeah, everybody... and of course... Oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, no, no! Please continue. Yeah, like once he knows that all the all the citizens are safe, he kind of he, he's basically gearing up for one one final swing. Yeah, and this is—I got a little ahead of myself. This is once once all the heroes are gone and everybody's rescued. This is where all for one is like, all right, let me go ahead and you know power up with this amazing blend of all these quirks. And he just really gets the uh, you know just the perfect potato salad of quirks, <laughs> and and he's just ready to go. And of course, you know he. Fires one off, and uh, you know they, they have this really great scene where they collide, and you know their their fists are sitting there, and you know trying to and they're holding each other back, but All Might's arm is just starting to bleed out, and like it just the strength is just disappearing. Um, so he so it's called impact recoil or something that he has to pretty much keep pushing All Might back, and like it's showing that like All Might doesn't really have the strength here. But what he does is he actually transfers the strength into his other arm, pretty much makes his other arm just shredded. And this is where he um, goes ahead and pops off for one right. And again, us talking about this fight does it no justice. Breaks the uh, the life support mask that um, all for one has on. Oh, yeah, we get pretty much the best scene of the show. Um, we get, like, oh my God. the typical, like, cinematic that happens when you know, like, the good guy's gonna win this fight. Like how Deku got it against Muscular, and All Might got it against. Oh, dude! Did he, I get, this did he do it this fucking the, scene. I think he did it against the Sludge Monster as well. Uh, or no, no, he did it against uh, the Nomu. Uh, at the USJ yep. incident. Um, but it's like it's cool because it shows like Nana Shimura, mm-hmm. like kind of having one for all in her hands, and then like you see like All Might's like broken arm come up and like grab it. Yes, because he socked him one with his left arm. And he's got like it's almost like he grabs what's left of that power and like the last little bit of power he's got left in his body. He hits him, Cody, with not just, you know, a Detroit smash, not just a Delaware smash, not an Oklahoma smash, 
Cody, not even a Texas smash. He pulls out the whole fucking map and hits him with a United States of smash. And like, I just love the way it looks like he comes around, hooks him and just fucking smashes his head clean through his ass into the ground. Oh, yeah, that's great. Uh, and then like a tornado just. Oh yeah. You see like, dude, like, you see everything happen. You see like him, him in his head. He basically says so long. He says so long all for one. And then he also says like so long one for all. Like he says both. Cause he knows this is, this yep. is his last, his last move. Well, one of the coolest scenes I do like in this fight though, it happened a little bit earlier when, um, all might goes to save somebody and like all for one's like, you're not going to do that because I am here. And I thought that was just such a really cool line. Oh, like, the, like kinda, the mockery of it. Yeah. He's like, you're not going to do that. I'm here. Like just uses his own line against him. So I thought that was really cool. That was, that might be one of my favorite lines in the show, honestly, other than sorry, you had to see my Willie, <laughs> which we'll get into next season. But so this this episode ends. Uh, all, you know, all for one is down. All Might's there. Powers are gone. Um, he actually, of course, you know, Deku's out there in the street. You know, tears in his eyes, and All Might like points to the camera, and he's like, "Now it's your turn." And which, you know, obviously people are interpreting that as, well, he's saying all the villains, you know, sack up because you're next. But Deku is like, he knew that that's it. It is now. It's now his time to become the number one hero. And Bakugo definitely notices that. And of course, and he knows now that like All Might's powers are gone. Like Deku quickly realizes that he's he he's he is now one for all, essentially. Yeah, and Gran Torino, he even mentions he's like I, I can't somebody wants to say something to All Might or mm-hmm. he, I want to say it's Edshot wants to like say to preserve his strength or something like that. And Gran Torino's mm-hmm. like, hey, let him be. This is his last job as a symbol. Yep. Yeah, because he pretty much he pretty much has to retire at this point, and this takes us into our last episode. Um, this um, at least last episode of this uh, kind of this arc and uh, of this podcast. I know we've been going a little long, but this is a this is a very big uh, se- season three is huge for the show. So, of course, um, All Might is no longer the symbol of peace, um, and of course, you know, uh, Sakauchi is still or uh, Sakauchi, yeah is still like, you know, they're still investigating into the whereabouts of the League of uh, Villains. Um, they need to go and they, they really, really need to bring Sh- uh, Shigaraki in. Um, and of course, All Might's in the hospital. Um, one of the big things here is, um, um, and of course, Gran Torino is actually surprised that they find out, you know, because, you know, they start talking about Shigaraki being uh, Shimura's grandson. Um yeah, and they kind of talked briefly about that, like about like the family. Yeah, basically, when her husband was killed, she basically put her child into like in the foster care just to prevent him from being hurt. Um, yep. And of course, uh, all for one life. spin that. Yeah, and all my and of course, all for one sp- uh, spun that to you know have Shigaraki kind of you know he, he was able to bend Shigaraki to what he wanted by spinning that. Oh, nobody wants you. Either they abandon you. That kind of thing. Um, so pretty much, pretty much. So, you know, we, we kind of have the aftermath here. Um, everybody goes home, uh, Todoroki, you know, the big scene here is they show Todoroki going home. Uh, we find out that Endeavor has actually now become the number one hero, but Endeavor's pissed because he, that's not how he wanted to earn it. You know, he didn't want to earn it because All Might wasn't strong enough. He wanted to earn it on his own merits, which 
very similar we'll to like see. very similar to how like Bakugo reacted when Todoroki kind of took it easy on him at the sports festival. Like he wanted to beat him at like his best. Absolutely. Um, now, one of the big things we hear too is um, so All Might is now officially retired. Um, I want to say I can't remember if it's in this episode, but um, Nezu actually has a. Um, Nezu's worried that it's all like All Might's presence as like none of this stuff happened until All Might became a teacher there. But yeah, yeah that's basically what the news is. He's like he's worried that the news is going to say that. Um, Absolutely. But Nezu has a a really good plan here. Uh, they they're going to institute for the first time in UA history a dormitory program to you know kind of kind of keep the kids close to them so they can be you know be better protected. So. Pretty much the rest of this episode is Aizawa and All Might riding around to all the Class 1A's parents to convince them to let them now move into the dormitories. Um, there's some pretty good comedic moments here. Uh, we meet um, what uh, Earphone Jack first, and of course the dad seems like he's kind of standoffish, but they're like, then um, Earphone Jack actually walks and she's like, oh no, we're good, I, you know, I'm all packed. They, we talked about this before you got here. Um, you should. She like starts making fun of her dad. She's like, "You should have seen him when All Might like you know beat off or what or whatever you know." Like it was just really really cool. Yeah, we get to meet them, and then we get to meet the Bakugo family. We like, get to meet Mama Bakugo. She's she Mama Bakugo is kind of hot, man. <laughs> yeah, she does not play around either. Cause like, dude, I love that she's just like a fucking New York mom. I told you to take the garbage out, Katsuki. <laughs> yep, and basically all all the parents are agreeing. Um, yeah. They, all, they all believe in like UA and they believe in Aizawa and what All Might. And I do, I actually do like um, the conversation that Bakugo's mom has with All Might. She's like, "Look, y'all see the potential in him. You know, I know he's a hot-headed little brat, but he wants to be a hero, and y'all see that in him." So, like, it, it's I, I really liked how she like rags on rags on her son all the time, but like she she knows what's up, which I thought was really cool. And I do like how before they left Bakugo's, he comes out and he's like. Hey, so what's what's up with you and Deku? Yeah, and all and, my uh, all my kind of just says like, "Hey, oh, he's just another aspiring student, just like you." Yeah, just yeah. And Baku goes like, uh, "Yeah, he's like, I know you can't tell me, or it's fine if you don't want to tell me." And he's like, "And thank you," which I thought was really really cool because mm-hmm. I, I do like that uh, that you know, and we've seen glimpses of it throughout the show that Bakugo actually really really looks up to All Might, like All Might's. Yeah, he he probably liked All Might almost as much as Deku did growing up. Yeah, even like when he goes to like fight off against the villains in their hideout, like he has like the smile on his face and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I really like the way they did that. Like Bakugo almost has Bakugo looks up to All Might just as much as Deku does, and it shows in in just a different kind of uh, it's a different road to get there. Um, but really the big, the big one here is, uh, you know, All Might and Aizawa go ahead and split up. So All Might wants to go to Deku's, uh, house pretty much by himself. So, so All Might goes in there, talks, talks, talks to Deku's mom. And she actually says, no, she's like, I don't, you know, I, I don't like, I'm, I, I'm scared. I'm, I'm scared for my son. I, I know he wants to be a hero, but I, I can't, I can't do this. I cannot hand, I can't handle him being in trouble he has been you know he has been you know hurt i i I, basically i can't take this anymore um and of course and deku kind of storms off because he's pretty pissed about this but he comes back with a letter that he the letter he got from koda while he was in the hospital and he tells his mom he's like i don't care if it's ua it doesn't have to be ua 
um, and he reads the note and she's like, he's like, I'm not going to stop wanting to be a hero, whether that's at UA or any other school. Um, and this is, this is a big moment. Cause like all, like it makes all might like, like, I don't know. Like this is a, one of those big emotional scenes I was talking about. Cause he's just like, he gets down on his, he, he buffs up to like hit whatever he's got left in him to turn into his big form. And just says that, you know, that, you know, he, he apologizes because he's been so busy not trying to be, you know, I guess more so the guiding light for Deku, like who, who is now, he pretty much just comes out and says like, he is going, he is now the new all for one. He is the new symbol of peace. Um, so, and, and I guess, and, you know, we don't know if that's going to be big enough yet for, uh for him to you know, allow Dukes. Decker to, yeah, yeah, for Ma Dukes to let him join in. But like All Might pretty much throws himself at the mercy of old, old Mama, uh, Mamu, uh, Mama Midoriya here mm-hmm. and pretty much just asks her, like, don't, like, don't look at UA right now. Look at the future and what we're trying to do. And, and he's like, you know, I will, I will protect. And he said, even, even I, I would, I will risk my life. I will give my life to make sure he is protected. Like he's just throwing it all on the table here. Yeah. And I want to say the episode does end with her giving the approval. Um, yeah. Cause uh, she like drops to her knees and she's just like, and of course, like while he's halfway doing this, like he, he, he can't hold his big form anymore. So he turns back into, you know, scrawny. Yeah. Scrawny might. Yeah. yeah basically yeah, everybody in the might. room's teary eyed and she's like, you can't, don't die because he needs you and all this stuff and like exactly talks how proud she is of both of them obviously and uh really Absolutely. just a nice heartfelt scene because I mean what would the show be if Izuku, if Deku couldn't go to UA like exactly I, <laughs> doesn't make much sense um and Deku basically promises like that he'll be careful and he'll, like consider his mother's feelings from now on and, uh Absolutely, and that uh, brings the season to a close, Cody. Unless you watch the in credit scene at the end of this episode. Yeah, we do have this episode and the last episode had some mm-hmm. in credit scenes where we got to see basically all for one in his like solitary confinement. Like you get like a, a glimpse of uh, the hero killer staying cell down there. Like they're locked mm-hmm. up in like maximum 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 security prison yeah it's uh tartarus is the name of the, yep. the prison they're in and basically all for one is he, like it's basically like he, he's, he's kind of ha- monologuing yeah he's basically happy that he's passed on he doesn't even seem like he's upset that he lost to all might because now it's like the next generation's basically been passed on these powers of mm-hmm. those of like the old uh that of course I'm talking about like Shigaraki with All for One basically yep, yep. now, um, and Deku with One for One. Yep, and and all it's doing, you know, the fact that he you know, All Might defeated All for One, that's just going to make Shigaraki angrier, and it's going to make that hatred swell. And now it's 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 now positioning Shigaraki exactly where All for One wanted him to be, mm-hmm. and. Now, pretty much, they're like, they need to increase their ranks. And um, he's like, you know, it's, and it, it kind of ends with him saying, it's Shigaraki's turn now. And Cody, that is, whew, fuck, that is the action packed first half of season three of My Hero Academia. Now, see, the second half of season three, it still does have some, uh, it has its moments, but this one's a little bit more. 
you know, they kind of let us up for a minute here because, you know, this whole this whole first half was nothing but just pedal to the metal. But now we get to we're going to go into seeing the kids get in their dorm rooms. They're going to have a decorating contest. So it's going to be a lot more lighthearted stuff to look forward to in the second half here. Yeah, a lot more lighthearted stuff, a lot more like just small character development with some of our like minor characters. Uh, Mm -hmm. And of course, some of our major characters as well, but definitely like. As far as the action goes, it definitely takes a step down. Um, yeah, which is do in uh, which I'm not trying to make it seem bad. It's just the first twelve episodes is just some oh, of the best man. fighting you you'll see in anime series. Um, but the but we will say you know looking ahead, the second half of this season does end uh, with my favorite character and really sets us up to what's probably been the best season of this show to date. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Chris. So uh, next week we will be tackling the final thirteen episodes of season three. Um, Absolutely. Wrapping that up, and then I think after that we might be doing. A we movie. have a, I believe we have a movie after that. We should have the uh, the first uh, the first movie. I forget what it's called. It's uh, was it Two Heroes, I think, is what it's called, or is that the second movie? I know there's Heroes Rising and there's... Heroes Rising. That's the one. That's one one of the movies. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about that more next week, of course. And, yep. uh, yeah, guys, if you guys want to follow along, we'll be. Starting on episode 51, or episode 13 of season 3, and going all the way to the end of episode 63. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, man, I'm excited. Uh, I know this was kind of a longer episode, but like you Just said... There was a lot to cover, man. It was it was a big one. It was a meaty, meaty episode. Oh, yeah, so many fights happening all at once, especially during the, like, the summer camp, and then, of course, the giant fight with All for One and all the villains, everything. Um and we're really just teeing up the the villains for the rest of the show is pretty much what this first half of the season's doing. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, Chris, that's that's all I got for this week. Yeah, I am spent. I am spent. My uh, I'm parched. I've drank all my iced teas. Well, not the whole case. Jesus <laughs> Christ, I've passed out. But I've drank my two teas. I drank a fucking half gallon of water. I am spent. Yeah, guys. So uh, we're gonna wrap things up here. If you guys want to follow along with us, of course, go to our Twitter and our Facebook page, which. Just at Shonen and Studs. And uh, just be sure to finish up Season 3 of My Hero Academia with us. Once again, you can find it on Hulu and Funimation. Um, Absolutely. With all that being said, I am Cody Snodgrass. And I am Chris Adams. And as always, thank you for keeping it plus ultra and hanging out with us. Y'all be good.